We shouldn't tell our people exactly what to do. We should tell them uh, how to do it. Focus. I'm so focused as a person. Focus and movement. Sometimes they are contradicting. You know, if you are moving much, you think that you are not focused. More importantly, I think we don't spend enough time to say to our teams what not to do, not what to do. Mm. Because if they don't do two, three things, they can be successful. Being yourself, sometimes, you know, I don't want to, I want, I don't want this self, I'm not interested. Culture and human behavior has big consequences for businesses, but we often overlook it because it's too complex and multidimensional to analyze. Well, culture is the context to every human presence. We all live in more than one culture simultaneously. Geographies, organizations, companies, families, and friendships all have their unique cultures. And in business, especially when you're the leader, you carry the responsibility to build the culture from the top. With all AI developments and thinking that the jobs will be taken by AI, when we speak to the leaders in the recent times, the biggest challenge remains the human element about finding the right people and more importantly, finding ways to make them their best version in the context of organizational culture. Welcome to the Culture and Podcast, where we connect business to human behavior. I am Nurchin Ardan Lofler, brand and culture expert and your host. And today we're talking about culture and leadership. Today, I'm joined by someone who is not only a great role model with his leadership journey, but also someone who inspired me with his understanding of the importance of understanding human psychology in the context of business and leadership. He's a seasoned business leader and now the CEO of The Entertainer. Please welcome Ahmed Gabar. Hi, Nursin. Thank you very much for hosting me today. It's so, a pleasure. It's my pleasure. So, you know, um, we had this conversation, we met at an event, and we got really excited about um, our common understanding of how culture and psychology has such a big impact on business. But let's start from the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey um, and what brought you to who you are today? First, thank you very much, Nursin, for hosting me today. It's a pleasure to be with you. My pleasure. Um, I'm Ahmed Gaber, uh, engineer by education, uh, communications engineer, um, businessman by by my job, and uh, I'm a dad of two kids. Uh, they are not kids anymore. They are grown men. Uh, so one of them is studying uh, finance in the American University in Cairo in the second year, and one is 14 years old. Uh, I'm married, happily married, and... Uh, <laughs> Good, Ted. <laughs> you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, because my wife might listen to that, so I have to say it this way. Uh, no, really, uh, because 90% of your happiness in life and 90% of your of your mood and everything, it depends what's hap- what happens at home. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a mix of many things. Uh, you know, all of us, uh, in order to, to become where we are or to, or to go where we are today, it's a mix of many things. Uh, I, I wouldn't put them in order, but I would put one of them as first, which is uh, the parents and the house, what makes you where you are, what you are today. 
Um, so I was lucky to have great parents. Uh, and my, if you interviewed me like a year ago, my mom would be a bit with us, but she she's not this year. Unfortunately, she passed away. So, so I have a dad, which is great dad, and I was uh, I was uh, lucky to be in in that house, in that home. Uh, it was warm, it was good, and uh, I was good with my parents as well. So that's actually one of the, in my opinion, one of the secrets of the success for anyone to to be a good person. I, I didn't see a good person which is successful, and his parents are not happy with him or her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's on the family side. And on the business side, it's a mix of many things. It's a mix of luck, mix of readiness for luck, mix of um, uh, planning as well. Uh, so if you put all of this together, it makes it makes you as a person. So that's me uh, in a nutshell. And I wouldn't call myself a CEO or anything like that because these positions come and go, but at the end, uh, the person stays. Mm, that's very powerful. I mean, that's very interesting. Uh, you mentioned actually in detail about your parents yeah. and you as a parent. Because we're going to talk about leadership a lot today, uh, I always like to think how parenting is the first leadership role or the most important leadership role that people have. Yeah. Uh, would you agree? So I, I hear that like that warmth or psychological safety that you found at home yeah. helped you identify the person or gave you the confidence to, uh, today to become who you are. Yeah. Uh, look, Norsin, uh, I think it's... Um, uh, home is is very important. Um, uh, I will uh, I will I will now move move deep into psychology, <laughs> which is uh, I I just want to put a disclaimer here that whatever I will say it's my personal view, so okay. it can be right, it can be wrong because psychology is one of these sciences which keeps evolving. You know, uh, theories comes and 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 what I'm saying today can be wrong after one year, can be wrong after one day. Mm-hmm. If someone proves it wrong and can be wrong, no, I, you are talking now because I can, you know. There is no yeah. right. I'm yeah. very interested in your point of view. Yeah. And hopefully so, our so all of us, will be the same. Uh, there is a theory which is saying that all of us have three personalities. Mm-hmm. One personality, which is I'm talking to you now, uh, this is one of these personalities. And another personality, which is uh, at home. Mm. And then third personality, which is no one knows about. Mm. So uh, there is the theory, which is so the third personality is a personality, which is your thoughts. You know, no one knows what are your thoughts. No one knows what are you thinking about. Okay, Uh, there is stuff which we do sometimes. And I'm talking when I say we as as humans, you know, not you Mm. and me uh, Mm. specifically. So which we do and we don't want to tell anyone that Mm. we are thinking this way or we are doing that. This is a third personality, Mm -hmm. you know, which is unknown for almost anyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, then the, the second personality, which is at home. Uh, the second personality at home is very important because it gets impacted by the, by the third personality. So if, the, if your thoughts are not great, you might not act at home also as a great person or as a good person. So, so everyone, every personality has an impact on the, the other one. And then comes the personality which is sitting in front of you, which is the reflection of the second personality at home. So if I'm not comfortable at home, I wouldn't come and sit with you with a smile. If I'm not feeling warm at home, if I'm not feeling safe at home, I wouldn't come to you. So all of them are connected, but the home is the center of it. So because we spend at home the majority of our time, 
maybe it's changing now that we spend in, yeah, the, in the office now more. <laughs> but the norm, if you look at our parents in the old days, they used mm. to come home at two o'clock and they used to have tea at five o'clock and they used to have dinner. That was the norm of the people. And or I the think intimacy at home is different, right? So yeah. this being closer to you, to the authentic self yeah. is where um, um, the identity forms. Absolutely. And being yeah. prepared for this external role or the external personality that we, exactly, exactly. we carry. So, so if, there is a the strong connection in terms of that fulfillment and satisfaction that we get and yeah. acceptance of our authentic selves absolutely makes us uh, better leaders, better employees, better uh, and you know uh, you are touching members. you are touching on a very important point as well, which is uh, which is there is a big debate now between people in who are studying psychology or who are studying human being between being yourself and being not yourself. Mm. Uh, being authentic is very important, but uh, sometimes being yourself with some people, that's a, a theory, not the right thing to do. Like, for example, if you are too blunt and mm -hmm. there is a person in front of you who is sensitive, mm -hmm. if you are becoming too blunt with that person, that person can avoid you in the future because you are you are not bringing the right, um, the right uh, energy to the room. You, mm -hmm. are, you are really exposing the person. Okay. You, are, you are talking, you are, you, are, you are not considerate about that person, about the sensitivity, because you are, we are blunt. That's, very, so. that's a very good point. I think that's the difference between being yourself and being emotionally intelligent, which is that being able to understand the person or yeah. the context around being yeah. yourself. Absolutely, because some mm. people, you know, when they when they are touching other people's, you know, uh, uh, sensitivities or secrets or or personalities, they say, "I'm I'm just being myself," you know. But but being they yourself sometimes, you know, I don't want to, I want I don't want this self, you know. I, I I'm not I'm not interested. <laughs> this is so. not appropriate for the context, right? Not being able to empathize and just going into clinging to the idea that I am being myself, so I can just be. Whatever I want, no, that's yeah. yeah. So, so that's actually changing much. Uh -huh. Like, like for example, follow your passion is another subject which is also being discussed now widely. Yeah, you know, there are some people saying I, I will follow my passion. Mm. You know, especially the young generation. Sometimes they start their life by saying I would like to follow my passion, and then there is the other theory which is saying that maybe your passion will not help you to make money. And at the end, you want to make money to feed your family and to take care of your family. So maybe your passion is playing guitar. Mm. So you don't need to uh, to put all of your energy in playing guitar. Maybe you are not in playing. You know, good, uh, good uh, or great player. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's your passion, but you cannot be professional. So yeah. it can be your hobby. So you need to exactly. be very careful about that because your passion can 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 take you to places where success is not there. Where money is not there, for example, if you are looking for money, if success means money for you. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are some debates now about some uh, some stuff which we used to say it always being being myself, being following my passion. passion. So yeah, it's about really finding that sweet spot of balance, and I think um, bringing everything together in the in that right balance. So now we're talking about psychology. I'm really interested to understand. Um, you took me di directly there, uh, you know, <laughs> but without, without being not, not, not intentional about it, I don't know how this happened so quickly. Yeah. Um, you're, when I first met you, a little bit more in detail in person, when we had the chance to have the first conversations together, I was very inspired because it's especially in this part of the, the world, 
um, leadership is still quite a um, not very open to the human aspects of things or um, uh, it, it's always considered the psychological elements are considered sometimes soft like a, 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 and not really directly connected to business results and success. However, actually data and science tells us people are the most important asset of any CEO. And when I first heard that you were actually uh, doing a master's degree in organizational psychology, that really blew my mind off in terms of like, I said, oh, this is a real rare find and I would like to understand um, the thinking behind it. So, yes. uh, and I think you're recently still studying. I'm still a student, yeah, <laughs> which is, I love to say it because being a student uh, <clears throat> is something that we should be very proud of. Uh, well, once we stop learning, we stop living, you know, we stop, uh, we stop, we stop growing we and stop then we growing start and, dying. And this is where, we start yeah. dying. So I, I would love to say I'm always a student. Um, started actually during COVID time. So okay. during COVID time, uh, I, I used to be at that time the GM of Visa for North Africa region. And and this job in was, was really taking a lot of travel for me. And I was traveling like every other day, either to Morocco or Tunisia or Dubai or San Francisco or any country where there is an event. I was at, at sometimes I used to travel more than any pilot. Okay, like every single day. So I was one of the people which when COVID came, I was really, I felt, I felt okay with it. You know, I was not, uh, I remember in these days, a lot of people were feeling very bad about it. were feeling very bad staying at home when, when the lockdown was a mandate, like everyone should be staying at home. For me, that was kind of uh, a gift. Mm -hmm. So I started to read more. I started even to uh, to to do some some activities like playing, trying, you know, oud, you know, the mm -hmm. the oud and these things. I failed miserably in the music, so I that one I did. So I bought it and I bought everything and I I even I subscribed to some YouTube channels to learn because no one was able to come and educate me about it and. Still in my room, as is, you know, I tried like four or five times. It's a nice time. COVID memory, and I think yeah, you're so not I, alone. I wanted to try my luck with that, but it didn't <laughs> work. But what worked well is reading. So I, I started to read because I started to have a lot of free time. Okay. So I started to read, and then uh, it happened that I started to read about psychology. One of the books came to me, and then another book, and then a third book. And then I became so confused because uh, I, I read randomly. I didn't mm. read intentionally about certain subject. I just came one book after Sigmund Freud and then Tolstoy and then some Arabic books. And, 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 and then I found, I found that everyone has a different story and different thinking. And some of these books were written like 500 years ago, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, 100 years ago. So, so after that, I decided to, to, to go into academic a little bit, to get into more, uh, to be more scientific about it. And I, I have to admit that I'm getting more confused, in fact, uh, after studying it, because really it's, the, the human being is, is super complex, you know. It is very complex. Yeah, we are very complex. We are, we are not as simple as we look like. So, um, 
I did not have any intention to study organizational psychology, but because I'm an engineer, I was not qualified to study the psychology itself, which is for doctors and okay, for psychologists. Okay, that's maybe good for you. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so I, so I the, the only thing, maybe I didn't do enough research at the universities, but the only thing which I found that uh, possible to, to be part of is organizational psychology, which was very relevant to my job because uh, my job is to deal with uh, with humans and organizations so that was very relevant to me so uh, i started and i uh, and i figured out that really it's 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 a great science um, to give you an example uh, I'm, I'm i'm not sure if you heard about that book which is called surrounded by idiots yes yeah, it's a great book. So uh, it classifies people into four colors. So uh, I didn't know how to deal with some personalities in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, psychology helps you, number one, in, in three things. Psychology helps you, number one, to understand people. Number two, when you understand people, you will either manage them well in organizations if you are a manager or leader, or deal with them and work with them in, in a proper way. And the third one, which is very, um, which is very interesting, that the third level, I would say, you can anticipate mm-hmm. what people will do uh, when you do something or when you say something. Mm-hmm. So I, I started, you know, I started to love the science because of that. Because when you become an expert, especially in a certain area, you can you can anticipate, you can expect what people will do. Yeah. And if you use that with the right, the right way, you can push people to do things which you, as an organization, you would like them to do it. I always like to think it as it's a superpower to, to be able to understand human beings. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, be it our consumers, be it our uh, team members. Or clients. Or yeah. clients. It's, it's all human so. business. Every business is human business. And we, we seem to think so much about data, numbers. We forget to think about what is really the desires and the motives of human beings and what's really moving them and how they really interact with each other and how can we get the me- best out of them. I think from a leadership point of view, it's really a superpower, isn't it? It is, it is. And sometimes, you know... Um it's very important to use it the right way, and and it's more important to not to 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 not or to think. Some people think they have it, but they don't have it. Mm. So when you think you have it, you have really to have it. Otherwise, you you might be doing the completely the wrong thing, and it can happen because no one have it all. No. Okay. So for example, the book which I was referring mm-hmm. to, uh, I I learned from that book, and then I studied about it. Uh, the blue color, for example, the blue color is uh, the person who will never make a decision unless the numbers will make sense, mm-hmm. unless he will take some time to read about it. So, for example, I had some clients like mm-hmm. uh, and th- and this blue color, by the way, most of them are either CFOs. Yeah, yeah, very or legal. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 you know it. Yeah. So um, it's very difficult in the organization to go to a CFO to say to him, you know what, I did that in the past and it worked very well, let's do it. Mm. He will never accept it. Mm. So that's how I I started to guide and coach my team when they deal with CFOs because they need numbers. Mm. Um, The blue person, it's almost impossible that they're going to make a decision in the first meeting. Mm. 
So if you go to a blue person by nature and and you you are having a presentation or you are selling something in my sales team, for example, I say to them, don't take the risk of pushing the person in front of you, especially if he's a lawyer or if she's a lawyer or CFO or coming from financial background to make a decision in the first meeting. Never do that. It will re- actually just, you know... You're, you are just pushing them beyond the limits and they yeah. will not... Yeah, they will reject they, you. They have to make a they decision, will they will reject they, you. They will feel that mm-hmm. there is something wrong. They will start doubting you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the red person, for example, is a person which can make a decision with uh, 70% of the information available. Mm-hmm. They can take risk. So with that person, you can be a little bit more... Uh, re- taking the risk with that person. You can say, let's do it together, let's try, and, and they will say, okay, let's do it together. Yeah, they, you have to show them that the win can be very big. Yeah, but that person, actually, if you go with that thick report, he will not read it. He no, will say, tell me what, 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 what the worst thing this can happen. This is such a powerful use of uh, understanding in terms of sales approach. Yeah, yeah. So so that's how you start guiding your people. And, mm. and our job as, as as leaders at the end we shouldn't tell our people exactly what to do. We should tell them uh, how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, be careful about this or don't do that. Or, you know, more importantly, I, I think we don't uh, spend enough time to to say to our teams what not to do, not what to do. Mm. So uh, because if they don't do two, three things, they can be successful. But if I keep saying to them, do, 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 that's, gonna not, that's not the right thing because I shouldn't tell them what to do. I should, my job, I, because I learned much in my career to, to make, like if you are going into a road and you are saying to your mom or, or someone who went through this road before, what should I do? They, right away they will say to you, take care of this area because there is a hole here or there is, you know, a traffic light which can, so the coaching is about telling you what not to do more than what to do. I mean, I think this is already a, a highlight of the podcast because what you said, I love it. Um, what I'm hearing from you is actually your, when you're saying you're, when you're describing your leadership style, you're saying, I actually don't tell my team what to do. I tell them what not to do equals I set them certain boundaries and then give them space to go and explore yeah. and and within yeah. that within that space really bring their best self and get the autonomy yeah out of themselves and Absolutely. they they will they will I, have I the do journey. my best to do that sometimes you know like any leader we make mistakes where we try to uh, to to put our theory or to in 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 play and mm-hmm. to ask our teams to do things because we think that we know the most you know, so sometimes we make these mistakes. No one doesn't make mistakes. If I, if I sit here and say I don't do it, I sometimes I do it when there is something that really I had great experience with before. Mm. So I have to do it sometimes, uh, mm. especially when there is uh, the, the speed is an important element in the decision making. So uh, w- one of the examples which I say to my team is... Uh, and they know that very well. If they are listening to me now, they will know what I'm <laughs> talking about. This week, we're going to focus on three things. Okay. That's usually my style. This week, we're going to do these three things. Okay. Let's not distract ourselves with anything else mm. until we finish these three important things. And then we can talk about anything else. So I try my best to, to focus and... and uh, 
for some people they they think or they might consider this as ignorance of if someone is coming to you with an idea hmm. and uh, you say let me focus on what we agreed upon this week and once we are done with our key priorities we can listen to anything else because listening even sometimes that's in my personal view listening to something can distract you can uh, can dist- will distract you of course if you're really listening yeah. you're actively listening and listening is a very hard job it is it, it is. is a lost art even yeah look listening is is very important because but when to listen is is also very important you yeah know? and what to listen and, and what I to listen to uh, is very listening is 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 super important but um, but also listening can can confuse you, can distract you, can of take course, you to different course, direction, can can take from your time. So you should be also careful on well, on what are you listening to because it will impact your thoughts, it will impact your focus. Focus is, in my opinion, when you were asking me about what made me or what brought me here, in addition to parents, in addition to all of these things, focus. I am I'm so focused as a person. Mm. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, focus and movement. They are sometimes they are contradicting. You know, if you are moving much, uh, you you think that you are not focused. Uh, cons- think about it as if you are in the airport, mm. and someone is moving towards the train to get into the flight. For, for example, you know, uh, from A to whatever for, uh, to Emirates, or you know. Uh, to get into the train or to get into the bus to get into the flight so you'll see some people who are moving but they know where they are heading exactly they are so focused they are so quiet and they see some other people playing with their pockets playing with their headphones playing mm. with their bags moving too much uh, dropping stuff and bringing it and while bringing it from the ground they are dropping something else mm. Mm-hmm. This person is moving and that person is moving, but that this person is moving with focus. He knows the direction. He knows where he's going. He's not distracted by anything. Mm-hmm. And that person distracted himself or herself by herself, mm. by not being planning, by not being a planned person. You know, when I told you about the planning, I know that I, if I need to take this flight, I need to have this headphone in here. I need to put my mm. mobile in the back pocket. I need to collect do that. Collect it, calm and collect it so that you can focus and move. So, yeah. So keep moving because if you don't move, you might not be lucky because luck comes in some stations. You never know which station you'll meet the luck at. So you you, know, you have to always stay in the move. Mm. You shouldn't stop at all. But at the same time, stay focused. Don't just move um in a random way. Okay. That's that's very important. I think focus is the new currency, which is very, very um, difficult nowadays. Uh, this is one of the biggest uh, pain points of the new generation of all of us. Um, yeah. This is why we were talking, actually, just before the podcast started. Yeah. Do you multitask or monotask? Mono. Monotask. Uh, 100%. And, and I think it's now... Um, there was a time, um, I think maybe 20 years ago, when you would go to a job interview or anything, what are your kind of strengths? And everybody would say, I'm a great multitasker. Um, if now would someone tells me that as an answer, I would say, Oof, like, uh, delete. It's, it's not a good sign. It's just the opposite. It only shows that you cannot really focus on one subject and you're by trying to do 20 things at the same time, you're not giving the justice of quality. Yeah, 
and and of that's where that you know, Narsin, you are really you are really touching on very important points because uh, as as if you are in my place, you will find a lot of people who are multitasking your team, mm-hmm. right? So uh, so it's very difficult to um, to uh, uh, to downgrade their skills. It's you know they they might like to be multitasking. You know exactly. This you is, just this need is them to focus on what you want fa- them to focus on. Very fake But it's very difficult to change them. You know, yeah. our, we think sometimes that our job is to change people, how people are how, are doing things. But as I think the simple definition of a leader is to get the best the, out of the employee. But it's very difficult to change a person who spent 30 years somewhere to to make that person think in a, in a certain fashion or a certain manner. Or I cannot change what happened at no, home. No, exactly. I cannot. I mean, I mean changing humans... I think, or changing human behavior, not even changing humans, but changing human behavior is one of the most challenging, most yeah. challenging things uh, Yeah, and, and like hitting your, your head in a wall, it's, mm-hmm. as a, especially that person spends with you in the day like one hour. Because as, as, as a leader, you don't spend your time all the day with one employee. You spend mm-hmm. your time with different teams, with different groups. Mm-hmm. So you cannot change the person. You, can, you, you just need to get the best out of the person. Mm-hmm. And the rest is on the person. When, when, when the person will see that he's getting the best out of herself or himself, they will start repeating it. They will start saying, ah, I did well here. So, mm-hmm. And that's where the learning curve... Yeah, positive reinforcement of, of the desired behavior and just yeah. like... Yeah, definitely. But um, as you're saying, I think there are two things I'm hearing, which is very powerful. And I want to also link back to something that you said, and um, it kind of resonated with me a lot. Um, Focus and movement, and even even that they come across contradicting, are actually strongly complementing. If you want to really achieve something, this... um, Focused movement is the way to go. Yeah. This very, is what I'm very hearing. true. That's very true, Narsin. That's you got it absolutely right. You you need to, to, to set a target or a goal mm-hmm. and go for it. And, and move. And move. And not not either stay too focused to over plan yeah. and kind of drain yourself and with just uh, that idea. But be a focus and be be on the go. And also I think as a focus mover, let's call it that way. Yeah, okay, that's a new definition we that's came up with now. a new definition of success, be a focus mover. Uh, you also need to be able to have a lot of uh, fluidity, right? Yeah. On the way there will Changing. be obstacles. Course, yeah, they, like being able to uh, Because there is no black and white anymore. Mm-hmm. So you can decide on something which is... Because there is no clear direction for anything now. You don't know tomorrow what will happen. You don't know what will happen in the financial market tomorrow with the oil pricing tomorrow. You don't know what happens with the political mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, situations tomorrow. So you need to always be fluid, as you rightly said. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always, when they ask me what is the... Um, I was in a university. Uh, I was doing coaching in university recently. And one of the students uh, asked me a question. They said, what is the criteria which you're going to hire people mm. uh, based on? And I said, I would... I really prefer to hire an employee which can do, which can work very well in the gray area because there is no black and white anymore. Uh, you need, if I tell you, if, if I tell my, my, my employees or my colleagues something to do it next week and then 
right at the beginning of the week i say to them we're gonna change gears guys and we're gonna do one two three four mm. i i read the room well and that's very important for every leader to to read the room very well mm. so i read the room well and if if the leadership team for example are eight people in the room when i say that i read the faces some people will feel oh I, he just told us that to do that last week and mm-hmm. i prepared myself before i come to the meeting with with okay. all what i have prepared and i see other people you know receiving it with a big smile and saying okay let's do it let's try and and you know so i prefer now and and not only me in fact uh, this is a norm mm-hmm. even me as a ceo i got a certain direction from the board based on the economic situations of the countries and then i get maybe different direction and that's absolutely fine so if if someone really is not able to change gears quickly and uh, will stick to what you said to her or him last week then we cannot really we cannot uh, move. Uh, yeah then we're when stuck you said about f- being fluid when you're moving that's very important yeah. changing direction is very very important i always like even the 180 sometimes you ch- it, not only changing like exactly, this because go back you turn This is the this is the rule of the game nowadays isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I always like the analogy of the water. Like when we use the idea of fluidity as well. So um water is still water but can take many shapes, can take all shapes without changing anything about itself. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't lose anything from its authentic strength or value, yeah. but whatever shape or form uh you put it in it will yeah. still be very valuable and still going to be itself so it's yeah. a it's, i think then oxygen hydrogen stays and yeah. then everything uh, yeah. yeah it's just yeah. it just takes the shape of something else being yeah. still Reminding very me true about water. <laughs> being still very true to itself and have the same extreme uh importance so maybe if you if you want to give uh one tip to uh everyone listening uh it will be very important to keep that in mind this being a focus mover with the idea of fluidity yeah uh going forward yeah that's exactly. very powerful thank you so much thank for this this is such a enriching conversation thank um you. i'll go back to something that you said at the beginning of our conversation today so you said very humbly uh this is my observation about you as well as a as a, as a successful leader thank you and it's incredible that you're embodying that. Uh you said um professionally luck and then you added being ready for luck. Can you tell us a little bit about what you what you meant? I I really love what I hear there, but I want you to tell us what you meant. Uh I will tell you what I mean. I will, okay, I will try to be, I will tell you something. Um I'm 100% sure, 100% with zero doubt that there are millions of people better than me. millions of people on the earth better than me and uh, better than many people on earth as well but luck plays a very important role where you uh, where you go so uh, i was lucky that i worked with very uh, strong and very uh, knowledgeable leaders that's mm-hmm. number one mm-hmm. i was lucky to be born in a family which is my dad is a professor and my mom is is, uh, is uh, also in in uh, she used to work in the ministry of justice so uh, she used to be very uh, fair lady you know uh, and very kind heart that's luck i didn't choose that mm-hmm. uh, i was lucky that when i for example when i uh, when i joined visa in 2006 
I didn't know anyone at Visa. I just submitted my CV. I was lucky that maybe the recruiter picked up my CV before someone else. Mm-hmm. That's luck, you know. Mm-hmm. So the, the luck element, we cannot ignore it. Mm-hmm. The luck is important, but being ready for luck, that what I mean by that, when I got into the interview, I prepared for that interview minimum three to four days. Mm. I was reading about interviews. I was reading about the company. I was reading about the play, the position. I did some homework about the person which which left the position and what are the skills required for this position. So being ready for the luck is that's the readiness part and the planning part which I was talking about as well. Mm. That you plan how, for example. Um, one of the smartest way I would give it to the to the people who are interviewing for jobs, uh, it's it's not difficult to drive the interview the way you want, even uh, even if the person is ready with some questions, you can you can say some stuff which can make the person in front of you, the interviewer, very interested to know more about it. Mm. So you can mention and and you need to do some homework to understand what this person is is, is about. So that's the planning part which I'm telling you about. The life is is mix of, as I told you, luck uh, and readiness and planning. If if you if you if you uh, if you balance between them very well, it it will be great. Uh, that's it. Yes, thank you so much. I mean, there's so many uh, teachings of uh, that we can distill from what you just said. I hope so. In the, in the context of uh, okay. If our listeners is uh, university students or graduates who's going to uh, look for jobs or for their uh, first steps, what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that understand that who you're going to interview with is also human. Yeah. And understanding the dynamics, and this person is going to make a decision. Yeah. And decision making in that sense, and influencing the decision making that you have control over. Yeah. Right by doing the right preparation, by understanding, trying to think in their shoes, by having empathy, understanding what they might be needing and looking for, and crafting your, let's say, messaging house yeah. based on that audience can get you the job that you want. Absolutely, can get you the client that you want, can get you the leadership role that you want, yeah. and or can get you as a leader to make sure that your teams are becoming their best self. Absolutely. Preparation is super important. Mm -hmm. I I will tell you an example. I used to work with one of the great leaders, okay, without mentioning names, because I'll tell you about his experience uh, with me. So uh, I used to go to leadership uh, events, uh, and he he was a speaker in one of the years. Mm -hmm. And then I attended the... uh, the following year, I attended his speech again, okay. okay, after one year. And I found that he improved massively and he did a fantastic job on the stage. So after the meeting, we had we were having dinner as a group, and then I asked him a question. I said to him, you did fantastic this time. He said, so I was bad last time? I said, no, no, I don't mean that, but I really I have seen major improvement. Mm. Can you tell me the secret? He said, you know what I, what I did? I said, I'd love to know. He said, I trained myself on this presentation in front of the mirror more than 20 times. Mm. So practice even for the global leaders, and, and he was a global leader. He was, not, he was someone who was very important in our, in our economy now. Mm. 
And, and imagine if that person with such experience of 30 years experience or more training on a presentation in front of audience more than 20 times what a graduate, a fresh graduate should do when they go to an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, that's coming back to being yourself or not being yourself. Uh, you should be you should be mirroring the person in front of you. You should be ready for the person in front of you, not being yourself only, but being prepared. Sometimes, if you if you have to be prepared, you'll discover that that person doesn't like people who talk much. So maybe you talk too much. So in this case, you need to not talk too much so that you don't you don't lose the attention of the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the preparation and homework. True. Um, Ahmed, if you would describe your leadership style, I am sure it evolved in the years. Um, the leadership style, which we kind of touched uh, here and there, but how would you define what's really working for you in this formula that um, you put so much insights from your uh, readings, your uh, psychology studies now. And of course, I think the most invaluable is the experience that you have. Now, seeing that's a very tricky and difficult question because leadership uh, style changes based on the situation of the organization. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is a front leader which is who is fronting his team, like driving his team, like he is or she is in the front and everyone is following, there is a time in the organization you need to be fronting the organization. And there is a dancing leader, which is sometimes you are you are within your team members, so you are all working together, you are all moving together as a team. Mm-hmm. That's also an important time. You need to, to know which time you need to dance and which time you need to front. Mm-hmm. And there is a back, you know, a leader who is in the back and letting his team be leading the organization. Mm-hmm. And there is a time for that as well. So I, do, I cannot say that I have uh, a single leadership style. I have different leadership styles. I, I would say I learned that during my career. And, and I think it's very important for all of us as leaders to know when do we front and when do we dance and when do we uh, stand in, in the back and let the team lead. For example, if I'm if I'm coming new to an organization, it's uh, it's very difficult to be in the front because I don't understand enough. Mm-hmm. So I let the team first, you know, keep doing their job, and I I, I watch them, I watch everything. I, I and that's the time when I monitor how the team is working. I cannot be front leader at that time. Otherwise, I don't know the route. I don't know the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I get closer to them, so I become a dancing leader with them so that I learn from them and they learn from me and they get closer to me. Mm. And then at a certain point of time, I can I can lead the organization, for example, to transformation strategy. When you are doing a transformation, this is very difficult time in, in, in any organization because whether we like it or not, uh, in the current world, the transformation means uh, means that you sometimes you have to change people. You have to change uh, p- certain people in some positions, which is very painful process. If you do it first time or second time or third time or fourth time, every time it's painful to do it. Mm-hmm. So the leadership style changes based on the organizational uh, direction, based on the organizational status, based on where are you, uh, are you new to the organization or are you old and you just got promoted so you know the people already. 
So it's it's very different. I I wouldn't define a single leadership style, but I, what I can say is, the only thing which is constant with me in 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 all all the times, uh, I do my best to uh, to to understand the people in front of me very well before making a decision, because if you make a decision on something or on someone before understanding the person well, that's not not right and not fair. Mm. So I do my best to do that. But, you know, there is also this multi or the remote leadership. You don't have enough uh, time, like our organization have around 400, 500 employees in, in different countries. Mm. So sometimes you rely on your leaders to understand the people in the other remote offices. So uh, that's where you, uh, you, you have to be very selective about your leadership team. So you focus first in this time on the right leadership team. And then when you have the right leadership team, you can have the confidence that the people in the remote offices will have the right leader, which you trust, because you, you will never have time to spend with every office and every, every person. Otherwise, you will not focus on the strategic direction of the company and meeting the key clients and meeting the government and all of this. So, uh, so the leadership team always, in my opinion, that's what I focus on big time whenever I take a new job, building the right leadership team. If I'm surrounded by the right leaders, I feel that I can, I can be successful. Mm. I actually even feel as you speak, uh, the heaviness of leadership what a big responsibility that the way that you're articulating it just made me made me realize one more time a, a real leader is so conscious of the impact that he or she is creating across such a big group of people right mm. and that also makes you aware that one simple uh, or um, one style, I'm this or I'm that, is not your way to go, but there are different phases and there are different contexts and there are different situations. Absolutely. Why you need to actually uh, be, again, fluid. And dynamic. And, and dynamic and have a couple of different tools in your pocket where you can practice. Because probably most of us, we have defaults which means that that's easily available to us yeah. right that is like more based on your personality based on your background maybe a dancing leader profile is a lot more my go to my default my easy access but the the the, the real talent is or the real trick of success i would say as a leader is to be able to have different tools in your toolbox so that even though it's your it's not your go to default easy access way of leadership, you yeah. can still tap into those tools when needed and uh, create a, a more holistic experience or a stronger leadership. That's very true. You know, uh, I will I will build on what you said, mm. uh, cautious leadership. You know, when you know what is the position you are in and you know what is the position of your team and what is the position of your organization and what is the position of your... Uh, decision makers and and the clients to be always cautious about what's going around you is very important and to continue to learn like i will tell you something i just learned this weekend okay uh it was really an eye-opener for me okay uh in imagine we are in a meeting room 
and we are eight people, all right? And Norsin said something really good about and about the subject we are discussing, and you said there is something really great. What should I say in this case? Great point, Norsin, right? That's a normal reaction for any leader. If you say something really good, if you are sitting and mm. you said the point which is really going to make a big difference in our marketing strategy or our product proposition, mm. I have to compliment you. If I st- or, or you what? can give descriptive feedback. Like? Um, this is actually a, a, a technique that uh, when you're providing feedback, if you want to keep the good flow of going yeah. you need to actually describe what is good about it yeah. and what really to be able to then model to everyone else you can you could have said um you're challenge um, you challenging the status quo and being able to come up with a um creative solution is definitely is a great point something like that that's what we call a descriptive feedback absolutely absolutely so what <laughs> See, I, I yeah you are you're a great leader as, as well so i will tell you something Uh, what I learned over this weekend through mm. a book I was reading mm-hmm. is uh, when a person is saying something really great and you comment on it. And say great, they will stop telling it. No, uh, that's maybe. But uh-huh. if you are an, a good listener, you can wait until the point finish mm-hmm. and then you can compliment them. Where I'm hitting the scene is there is another person in the room mm. might say something as well. Mm-hmm. And you might not comment on it or you might say, okay, that's a good point. You cannot imagine mm. how bad that person can feel, can feel after yeah. this meeting. Because sure. you said about person, great point, and then you said that about another person, good point. And maybe you will not comment on someone else's talks because exactly. you cannot just comment on everyone. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, it's better not to comment at all. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to keep it professional and to say, okay, this point is good. Let's move to the next one. Mm-hmm. Let's move to the next one. But you cannot imagine how your words as a leader, without, without I, I didn't say anything bad. Did I say anything bad? I said, great point. I said, good point. Yeah. But I created uh, this kind of feeling that uh, th- that person which mm-hmm. was talking, he got actually excited when I said great point about the other person. Mm-hmm. And I didn't compliment her or him the same way. Same level. And, yeah. and that's why where really it was a great eye opener for me because I used to compliment people. I used, but... And and some other people saying points, aiming that they might maybe you know a lot of us, we 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 aim to get a great feedback from our leaders or from you know in the human the human being seeks appreciation praise, even uh, if the ki- if mm. kings and and CEOs and everyone appreciation and recognition appreciation Rec- is recognition, recognition is a yeah. very very strong motivator intrinsic motivator absolutely and. We can have another episode just on this. What is intrinsic, what is extrinsic motivation and the power of intrinsic motivation uh, is the real um, source of motivation that comes from within. And there are things like recognition and progress that kind of fuels it. Whereas extrinsic motivation is like a very small, like even if you give a title or a promotion or a salary increase, the impact in terms of motivation will be very short term. But if a person finds meaning or feels that she or he is recognized for the contribution that they're making, that is called intrinsic motivation. That fuels the intrinsic motivation that I feel like doing more of it. And this is one of very strong points I will as read well. about it. I don't know enough about it. And mm. I will read about it more and more. It's very, very powerful. I, I okay. think it's uh, um, the real secret sauce 
in terms of making people um, giving their best uh, when they're fueled yeah. by. I mean, we have so much uh, more to discuss, I would say. Uh, and to that point, just to just to close that loop, I think words are some. There's, this is something that I like to say a lot. Our words are never innocent. So sometimes we think, I said great, I said good, they were both positive praises, but our words are never innocent and they're typically being perceived and interpreted in many different ways. So especially as a leader, it's so important, the power of language that we are using. Yeah. This is why um, uh, when um, I have the chance to work uh, or coach some uh, leaders, this descriptive feedback is a very powerful full tool because we are not um, feedbacking with our judgment of good or great, but we are feedbacking with the quality of the the, co uh, the content. Yeah, and that also you're, models you're everyone. You're commenting on the subject, not on the person. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that also models to everyone else in the room what was the desired behavior, so that they can also see, okay, this is the real source of uh, getting a, uh, recognition. Yeah. So they can also kind of replicate it. That's yeah. actually a very good method Absolutely. as well. So we are a little bit running out of time, but before we finish, really? oh, wow. that I know was really, that's did flew oh by, my god, we finished. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> I know that's great. Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple of like rapid fire questions, just to just that we get to know you a bit better. Okay. Um, which one do you prefer, Zoom or Teams? Teams. Brunch or dinner? Brunch. Beach holiday or mountain holiday? Beach. Mac or PC? Uh, PC. Chocolate or ice cream? Chocolate. Instagram or TikTok? Mm, neither nor, but maybe TikTok is faster. <laughs> Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Early bird, very, I knew very it. Very early bird, yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much. I, um, as I said, I think I could have uh, spent another two hours having this conversation, and I'm sure there's so much more insights that we could get from you. But it was such a pleasure, and I imagined I think that was a very interesting conversation. It was great conversation, Arsene, and I really enjoyed it uh, more than you. Even I, I said I said things which which not planned at all, as we agreed before yes, the, the we agreed this interview to be very that spontaneous. we wanted to be spontaneous. So. I really enjoyed it much and I enjoyed how fluid you are with the conversation as well. You know, you, you, I, I open a subject and you ride on it and you and you get into it, you know, so I, I really appreciate it and appreciate being here with you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you.